So what we do animos. So what we watch anime. So what we play league. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what we stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. My name is Nathan Reeton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Rowe McFain. Hello. And we have Cyberpunk Monk. So uh, we get drunk. So uh, we smoke weed. And so it is... It's October. (laughs) October. It's not October. It is is April 4th, 2021. (laughs) April 4th, 2021. April 4th, 2021, it is Easter Sunday, and uh, we, as you can hear, have been a little incoherent today. So what I want to know is, Aroa, where can we find you? You can go over to aroa.website. Perfect. We've got a, a great Easter theme going on right now. Did You did not no, put in, lie. you know, you're add. lying. You know, right. you know he didn't. <laughs> And uh, Cyberpunk Monk, Connor, where where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at aroa.website where we have this nice Easter theme going on. Oh, good. I'm I'm happy to hear about it. I'm I'm excited oh. to look at aroa.website with the Easter theme, which is just Cyberpunk Monk dressed up as the Easter Bunny. If I had a picture of Cyberpunk Monk as the Easter Bunny, I would put that on the website. There was a time when I worked a uh, an awful retail job where uh, on an Easter they're like, "Hey, uh, we need you to dress up in this bunny suit so people could take photos with you." And I was like, "I'm not fucking putting that on. Where did you get this from?" It was just this musty ass, stanky suit that we pulled out of a bag somewhere. Did uh, you smell weirdly of children's flesh? You know, I didn't try. They wanted me to put it on, and I held it up to myself, and I was like, I'm not fitting in this. Um, for the listeners, I'm six foot five. And it, it, I ended up weaseling my way out of it, but the coworker who had to put it on, I could smell him when he took it off. Um, I had to drive him home that day. It was like that, that mothy smell. Yeah, the, the we haven't cleaned this suit in 25 years smell. So that was my retail experience with Easter. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, no photos of me exist because I couldn't fit in the suit. Dang it! Well, maybe one day I will I will find a six foot five Easter Bunny costume to send to You're making a Cyberpunk. Fuck ton of money, right? Just just make me a uh, Easter Bunny fursuit. Honestly, those fursuits are fucking expensive. The My fursona will be Zipper from uh, Animal Crossing. Good. I don't know what that oh. is. The, uh, the Easter he looks Bunny. Like, but... He looks like uh, the Silent Hill rabbit, but he's not pink. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's so actually, kind of scary. <laughs> it kind of. It, I don't like him. So have you uh, have you found the Easter egg where you sneak up on him? Yeah, and he's don't fucking look at my zipper. And he punches <laughs> you, and you fall over. Yeah, it's really kind of jarring. Does he actually say fucking? Because that would be awesome. No. Uh, yeah. No, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yes, 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 yes yeah. it does. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Anyway. Says, Get the fuck out of here, kid. Unless <laughs> you want to end sh- up as an egg. <laughs> <laughs> I would like just one Nintendo game where just one of the characters just flips out. But no, they're all wholesome and shit. So, 
Uh, let's move on. We're going to move on to me. You can find me. Uh, I'm at a row.website website where apparently we're doing an Easter theme, but you can also find me everywhere at Reeton. So Reeton on Twitter, Reeton on YouTube, Reeton on Twitch. Uh, you can find this podcast at Reeton Podcast, and we can go from there. So, what games have you played this week? Uh, we'll start with Cyberpunk Monk this time. Okay, I have played <laughs> Space Station 13 because it's a great game and I love it very much. Uh, they had a April Fool's event, which I was a very big fan of. They replaced all of the, like, 8 to 16-bit looking textures with JPEGs of their equivalents. So people would be walking around and, like, you'd need to put on a sterile mask and it would just be a photo of a nurse in a mask. Uh, <laughs> you'd need to pick up a pen and it's just a photo of a pen. Um, it, it made me uncomfortable in the sense that there was mixed art styles that were clashing heavily with each other. But it was a lot of fun to like relearn how to play the game real quickly. Most of the time, people would drop something where you'd be like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I like that a lot. So that was a whole lot of fun. I paid a couple of bucks to pick up Saints Row Four on Switch. Oh, that's a good Game Boy game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's sort of. Switch is like my go-to console for like I'm gonna play 30 minutes of video games before bed, or I have some time on my lunch break. I'm gonna you know play some Game Boy, and this has already been like my go-to for it. Because you could you know dick. I also think Crackdown would if they found a way to get that on uh, Nintendo for some reason. But games where you could just pick them up, collect some stuff, put them back down are great for it. That's why I love the Assassin's Creed games on this console, and it plays very similarly except. Obviously turned up to 11 with guns and Johnny Gats. Johnny Gats, you said? Yes, Johnny Gat being a famous character from the Saints Row theories. Oh, okay, uh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. And Sa- Saints Row 4 uh, pretty much is just crackdown anyway, so... Definitely. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. I enjoy it quite a bit. And it's did, on sale, so pick it up. Did you end up playing anything else? Yeah, uh, Pavlov. Played some Pavlov. Oh, right. I'm starting to think... Uh, go ahead. Did you get a new controller? Yes, yes, I did. Um, I, That has happened since... It's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the show, I guess. Uh, I got my Stimmy check, and I was looking at all these fun games that I couldn't play anymore, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Bought another one. Not happy about it, but I do enjoy playing VR games. I, I do it most days. Oh, yeah? Well, that's good. Uh, payday 2 a little bit. I've, I've mostly been playing when the people that I used to play with are available, and they haven't been available lately. Nathan, let's play Payday 2 again. I Do I still have that installed? I don't even know if I... I still have it installed, uh, but we're waiting until Payday 3 comes out, right? No. Well, why not? I'm waiting for 2023 for Payday 3. Yeah, exactly. That'll be fine, right? We could play Payday 2 in the meanwhile. They just uh, they just released the giant comical spoon DLC. I think that was April first thing. I didn't actually even look at it. It is an April first thing, but it was it was that they everyone needed to do something. I think it was kill like a million cops or something like that uh, in the game. And then whenever ever whenever the community met that goal, they actually added a comically large spoon as a melee weapon. Well, that's cool. Ha, 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 ha. It's comically large. 
Good one, Almir Listo, who I know listens to this podcast. It's a, it's a big hat. It's you funny. really zoinked him. Almir's still on the... Is he the only one left? Probably. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I really... Because so, I used to love Payday. It's definitely the game, other than maybe Morrowind, that I have the most hours in, like, in my life. And once they went... And it was only a brief stint, but once they went to their... Uh, pay-to-win model, their, their gambling loot box model, I completely disowned the game, mostly. If it was not for them fixing their VR system, making it so it was playable, I probably would never have picked it up again. Yeah. But damn it, it's a fun game to play in VR. But Connor, how are they gonna keep afloat whenever they <laughs> can't seem to make anything else? Yeah. Uh, Apparently with a $50 million uh stimulus basically <laughs> they got yeah, they got in from some publisher or whatever yeah yeah we we spoke about it on the podcast they got a 50 million dollar like investor in, invest yeah. investment and so they're good they're fully funded to make payday three now good Hooray. for them and, uh, and i swear to god if there's any loot box or anything like that i'm not even gonna bother with it yeah, that would be bad. But I think I think that they're smart enough, at least at the beginning, that they're not going to do that. And then, like a year in, just like they did before, like a year in, they're going to be like, nah, we're going to put in boxes now. Because that's what happened last time. However, I would like to move on and ask, Aroa, what games did you play this week? Uh, I have been exclusively playing Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey. Um, like this game has kind of owned my life for the past couple of weeks and, um, it's depressing to me how few people have played it to any real degree. Um, so I, I don't like really care about steam achievements all that much. And so like, I, I don't really check. How many other people have gotten the achievements that I've gotten? But I noticed on my Steam client uh, that one of the achievements I got was the was gold and, and sparkly, which means that less than ten percent of players have that achievement. Um, all the all the achievements besides a couple are entirely progress based. Like as long as you just play through the game, you will get all but all but like two achievements. And um I have three now that are all just progress driven and they're 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 gold. Uh 7% of players, 4.5% of players, oh sorry, four, uh four achievements. Uh 4.5% of players. And three percent of players now. Um, I looked at the global achievements. The one for uh, evolving to the final step of mankind has one point six players who have gotten that achievement. One point six percent. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, one point six percent of players. Okay, because you said one point. Either... You said one point yeah, six yeah. players. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I meant I meant one point six percent of players. So, uh, like, 
you can't so you can't really tell how many people bought the game because uh steam charts is inaccurate um i don't i don't know why so many people cite steam charts uh still because most people most steam users profiles are private by default or at least their their play history is private by default um that was a thing that steam did literally years ago and i don't know why everyone forgot about that but anyway so i i don't know how many people actually own this game but i cannot imagine that like like or i can't imagine why you would buy this game knowing what it is and not finish it and not even make it like one of these achievements is for essentially making it halfway through the evolutionary chain and that really isn't much to ask i don't think yeah it's it's just bizarre and sad because i really really like this game a lot uh not necessarily in just gameplay but as a concept and and like the way that a lot of it is executed i like i just it makes me really happy that this game exists and i really respect the developers for doing it and it it like i just don't know why no one played it well sad it it's probably because it just didn't get the publicity and people honestly probably looked at it and was like oh it's kind of like assassin's creed or something but it's not so we're going to go over here and not play it i do wonder if there was something to the fact that cuz it's it's from like the the guy who basically directed the first two assassin's creed games yeah um and i do wonder if people got it expecting it to be like assassin's creed uh and then they found out that it's an art game more or less but it, it like is actually a video game and i wonder if they just immediately fell off of it because That's, like yeah yeah Probably, it, it's it's very, very not mainstream video game. Uh, but man, I like. I hope that they made enough money to where they can make something else. Uh, which it was published by uh, Private Division, which I think they either published or like assisted with working on um, the outer Outer Worlds. I don't know if it was just the console ports or if it was all of them, but I remember seeing their logo around the game. So like, it, obviously it didn't tank the publisher because this came out, I think I'm pretty sure it came out before uh, the outer world. So it probably yeah. did. Yeah. I just like, at the very least, I really think that everyone should, should look at gameplay of the game and see if it looks like it's for you. But it is, without a doubt, like one of the most satisfying exploration experiences I've I've ever had, and it 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 ha it encompasses like the kind of feeling that I had playing games as a kid, but I'm an adult now, and I I can't remember when a game last did that for me. Please, Being an adult sucks. If you, if you see it for ten dollars, please fucking buy it. I went on about it last week. I know but I just need to continue gushing because I have 62 hours in this game 
and I can't stop playing it. So Aroa has quit his job just to play this game. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm pretty dead set on 100%ing it. So uh, well, I'm good at, luck. I'm at like I'm at like 62 ish percent actually coincidentally. And then uh, you'll yeah. be you'll be one of the only people to have actually beaten the game. Apparently, a very small percentage of people have beaten the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 1.6% of players have launched the last possible evolution, according to Steam. Yeah. So, we're going to move on. Uh, did you have anything else to talk about? But you said you uh, exclusively new... had been playing that. Um, yeah, I mean, y- yesterday was was the, the Saturday night playing games with other people thing. So, uh, I did play Amogus. Um, the new map came out. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. I like the new map. Good. Um Yeah. It's it's a lot bigger than every other map. There are new little mini games that I hope they move over to the other maps. Um and yeah. Good cool. time. And we're going to move on to me and I have been playing What did I play on Monday? I don't think it was anything special, just a random game I picked up. Uh probably Hades something like that which is which is great it's a great game and then tuesday wednesday and thursday i played greet some more greedfall i think i'm about halfway done with the game so about a week or two more to play that game and there was something i wanted to talk about last week but i totally forgot to do it is that uh the game makes me feel bad for being white uh you should feel bad for being white too yeah 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 uh so it is <laughs> You are playing as a a character who is going to another island that your people have set up colonies in this island and you're at war with the natives that are there and you're just like, whoa, I'm just trying to find a cure for this for this evil disease. And the uh, so you're you're over there. You're talking with the natives, and the natives are like, "We hate white people." And I'm like, "I get it. Like, hate whitey." Um, but yeah, so it's it's a little about like they've they've got a little bit of history with the colonization that uh, people have done in the past, and you know how the United States was founded on genocide. So, what uh, was the name of this game? It's called Greedfall. Greedfall. I did not know that that was what that game was about. Uh, well, okay. So the 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 story is that you're there's something there's like a disease that's killing everyone, and or a lot of people, and so you're and going it's to this colonialism. Yes, Sorry. and you're going over to this other continent that your people have kind of colonized and started building up. And you're trying to explore because you think that there's probably something there that could help cure the disease. And then, of course, while you're doing it, you're also doing like side quests and stuff, which a lot of the side quests have to do with either helping or destroying the natives, which obviously I've been siding with the natives every single time. And yeah, it's... You know that you're the the natives will be like, yeah, you come here, you take our land, you kill our people, and I'm just like, yeah, I know, okay, that was 200 years ago, I I, I wasn't there, but 
yeah, so it, it makes you feel a little bad for uh you know the the history of certain cultures that we have in the are in the world, not the, not just the United States. And it's still a really good game. I like it. I think that it it could be better. It's not a full open world. As I said before, it's got like instanced areas. So they're they're Isn't large it from open spiders? areas. It is from. Let me just. What do? What's from? Is that the name of the company? Is that what you're asking? The, I I think the developer is Spiders. Uh, it Focus. Like it, it, Focus. Fo- Focus Home. Home Interactive's the publisher, right? Yes. I'm trying to see. It just says Focus Home Interactive, on okay the, on, on the Windows Xbox Store thingy. I don't know who oh. the developer is. Let me see. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. You're no, you're right. Uh, developed by Spiders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, I I like it. It's got uh, so, you know, RPG elements. You can level up your charisma so that you can influence uh, situations easier, stuff like that. Which is, I always go for the the charisma and stuff when I'm when I'm playing the game. Or when I'm playing any RPG, I try to level up charisma and lockpicking. You got to uh, live vicariously through somebody else. Yes, exactly. It's a it's a good game, and I would I would highly recommend it, especially if you have Xbox Game Pass because it's uh, included, <laughs> and it's like a forty hour game, which is really nice. I like it when you get forty hour games for free. Well, not free, but for ten dollars a month with everything else. And then uh, on Friday, I played. Another game. Uh, shockingly enough, I played some Binding of Isaac because they just released new DLC for Binding of Isaac. It's the last DLC. Is it? That's what they said. They they say that, but then Edmund McMillan's like, "Man, I need to make money," and I they need released... to make money. And my the last thing I tried to make, no one bought it. Yeah, well, there were a couple things he made that nobody bought. They made the Mugenics, Mugenics Collection, which I don't think did very well. And they also made the uh, card game, The Legend of Bumbo, which nobody uh, nobody bought. The, and There was also the the one uh, platformer game that was like the, the end oh, of the world or whatever. Right, right. Uh, was, it, was it The End is Nigh or something like that? Yeah, yeah. No one played that either. Yeah, so they they're they're like, man, I need to be able to pay my mortgage this month, and then he released more Binding of Isaac DLC, and I do like that the DLC is only like fourteen, fifteen bucks. So it's yeah. fairly substantial too. It is. It, it has like four hundred new enemies or something. Like it's crazy. It's crazy the the amount of effort that they put into it. I guess it started out as a mod that other people were making, uh, and they kind of. Some elements of it are taken from a mod, yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty neat. I I like it. It's a little bit different. Basically, you can go the normal way down the... Uh, you can just go the normal way down the, the basement or whatever and do the normal endings. Or after the first mission or the first level... You get a new door that you can go through and go down to like the new levels. And 
it has some really cool effects. There's like invisible enemies, but uh, there's water on the ground that will reflect. Like, so you can see like, you know, a reflection of yourself, but the invisible enemies have a reflection. So you have to hit above their reflections, which is pretty cool. Just stuff like that. Uh, and so I liked it. I like it, and I'm probably going to be playing more of it because I spent money on it, and I like I like roguelike games. I've determined that I'm I'm very much a fan of roguelike games. It's taken me a while to to come with that realization. Anyway, ever since you started streaming, uh, you know, not really. I actually liked it. I've I liked Binding of Isaac since before I started streaming. I liked Binding of Isaac before it was in the Unity engine. Yeah, I liked it when it was still in Flash, man. When we had that interview with Edmund McMillan that Pearson lost. He lost. Pearson and and okay, I'm not I'm I am i am just gonna start ranting and complaining and we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on and we're gonna go past. Hey, this. um I never had a Warhammer minute, you asshole. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll give you I'll give you your Warhammer minute. I'll give you a minute and twenty seconds. Alright. Play the twenty second intro music all right i didn't play warhammer this week you are a motherfucker i did play Shadowrun though do you want to do a shadow run minute yeah sure why not all right go ahead go ahead and put in the uh the separate jingle music to drop for shadow run minute i i don't have any of that you haven't sent them over yet it's Oops. okay we'll, we'll fix it in post so okay. my players uh had a fun one they had this contact from the shadow run beginner box named erica hoffman and she's basically like the Gerber baby for 2080s racial acceptance because Shadowrun has like orcs and elves and stuff. Anyways, uh, they got notified that somebody was trying to blow up an L station in Chicago. So they went and got to be the good guys for once. Oh, good. Uh, and, and I just took the map from, from my Google Maps and I put a grid over it and... Uh, it, was, it was very fun because, like, I I used to wait on this train station, and this is what it would be like if armed terrorists were on it. Good, good. I'm happy. And the FBI was listening the whole time. Uh, I mean, if the FBI wants to hear about my Shadowrun games, they're more than welcome to. <laughs> we did we did not have a Pathfinder minute last week. Hopefully, we do this week. That'd be nice. Yeah, we couldn't log in. That sucked. Yeah, yeah. Roll twenty Cloud was all fudged. Things are great. Love them. Except when they're not. I wish I, I wish that Roll20 had a desk desktop client that you could Dedicated host. client? Fucking A. Yeah. I, yeah, let, let us host it ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Well, at no. least... No. Why? Pay licensing. You can still pay the licensing and, like, have the dedicated yeah, then, client. Then the license the license server goes down, and then you can't play even on the dedicated client. Uh, make because sure always on DRM. Yeah, just, uh, just use Fantasy Grounds. Uh, apparently, that's worse. And it's uh, the the UI is god awful. Uh, I'll tell you that. And it looks like it's made out of an early thousands Flash script. Uh, it, yeah. they're supposedly working on or or maybe are close to finishing the Unity remake. They all they already did. They already did. It's, it's bad. Does, does it still look how oh, it still looks like horse dicks? Yeah, apparently my my boss he he also does uh role playing and he was like, "Yeah, my a fucking nerd." Yeah, he's like, "My uh my team was we were really excited for the Unity version to come out and it's garbage." 
He's like, it's so bad. So they'd use roll 20 as well. And I do have to say, at least it's better than like when I started trying to do uh like online RP stuff. And it was like a decade ago and roll 20 and fantasy grounds didn't exist. And so they had just like random apps that people had made that all sucked. So I, I do appreciate that roll 20 and fantasy grounds exists. I just want them to be more reliable and less crappy. That'd be tabletop great. simulator. I don't know if that would work very well. It has Not for a... our users. I don't yeah, think it has official uh, stuff from like Wizards of the Coast or whatever. Uh, Paizo, yeah, they're one of their sponsored module makers or whatever. It's really yeah. easy to get the stuff there, but it's not. Uh, I, I don't like playing. using artificial character sheets. Like, if, if I could play and have like a character sheet with paper and shit in front of me and just use virtual dice, I wouldn't mind so much. But they want you to use like the built in PDFs, at least the when I tried playing it on Tabletop Simulator. It was clunky and it slowed everything down. We we spent more time trying to get the UI working for us. Oh yeah, it, uh, I don't know why every single like online tabletop thing uh, sucks. The UI is garbage. Tabletops, I hate tabletop simulator. I was joking. Okay, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about some stories. Uh, let's talk about. I like this the picture that they used for this Ars Technica uh, story that we're talking about where it's an Ethernet cable with a snail shell on it because AT&T lobbies against nation nationwide fiber saying 10 megabits per second uploads are good enough. I can tell you that is not. It is not good enough. Hey, well, what kind of uh what kind of bullshit are they trying to pull like doing this at the I'm going to go ahead and say the middle of a pandemic still. Yeah, so apparently it's, there's there's some balls on them to do that. It is apparently Democrats are are trying to push for 100 by 100 megabits per second in rural rural areas, rural rural areas, and I am totally all for that. They they're with the three trillion dollar stimulus package, uh, not stimulus package, infrastructure package that they're trying to pass. One of the provisions is that they want nationwide fiber so that we can have 100 by 100 megabits per second. And I oh, so think... So we can stop lagging behind most of the civilized world? Uh-huh. Yeah. And AT&T is like, ah, uh, come on. It says AT&T has been fighting against increases in broadband speed benchmarks for years. Back in 2014, AT&T urged the FT or FCC to keep its standard of 4 megabits per second downloads and 1 megabits per second uploads. AT&T claimed at the time that even 10 megabits per second downloads would exceed what many Americans need today. But the FCC raised the standard to 25 megabits per second down and 3 megabits per second up in January 2015. And that was still that's still like, not too good. Offensively bad. It is It'll it work. Is, yeah. It's it's for like smaller I get it because it's for smaller areas like places that not even I live, but yeah, but it's like it's bullshit. Why should you be restricted? And I know you're not arguing in favor of that, but right right. right. It's bullshit like why why just because you don't live in a big city, should you be denied access to the internet? Well, whenever and... it's 
really not that hard for them to build out that infrastructure. There's dark fiber all over the fucking country. They just need to throw money at it, and they don't want to. Well, and the reason is, we all know the reason, is because of money. Because if you, honestly, if AT&T moves into a town with 5,000 people, and let's say even half of those people go to, with AT&T, they're probably still losing money on that deal. Because they've got to run the fiber, they've got to hook up to every single home. Like, it's it's going to cost them a lot of money to run that infrastructure out. Uh, but the thing is, typically, what happens is, who pays for that infrastructure to get built? They typically subsidize it with government money, so we're paying for it, and then AT&T then charges us up the butt for it. So the yeah, because the... like that's that's the fucked up part. There is that like even if they did have to foot the bill up front, you know they're going to overcharge out the ass for it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like... So they're they're arguing that you can't that that we can't do it. We just it's not you know ten megs. It's just it's fast enough, guys. Like we don't need to have like faster internet. Um, it says here AT&T's current fixed wireless service, which provides download speeds of 10 to 20 megabits per second and upload speeds of 1 megabits per second. Uh, the company plans upgrades that could help the wireless service qualify for for the proposed $80 billion fund of, uh, if Congress doesn't require high enough upload speeds. Um, AT&T did take... $428 million per year from the FCC starting in 2015 to bring 10 megabits per second download and 1 megabits per second upload speeds to 1.1 million rural homes and businesses in 18 states. AT&T later gave the FCC false broadband coverage data and Mississippi officials accused the telco of failing to deploy the required broadband. AT&T said it was correcting the mistakes and that it would meet the uh meet the end of 2020 development deadline in all 18 states so they uh they lied to the government so that's that's cool right don't we go to Not prison really. if we lie on our taxes yeah why, why can they do it yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, and then it says here a 100 megabits per second upload requirement would also prod cable companies into finally deploying the symmetrical cable services that they've been teasing for years. Yes, 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 yes. We need symmetrical internet service. We like yeah, there, it, there's no reason why it's not like that already, other than like let's just be behind the rest of the world. It's fine. Like, look at look at DSL. DSL is the worst offender, in my opinion, because it's always like, oh, man, you can get 60 meg down and 800 kilobytes up. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's stupid. Uh, in case you don't, in case anybody doesn't know, symmetrical service is exactly as it sounds, where uh, you pay for, like, right now I get a gig. I get one gig down but I only get 20 megabits up, which is insane to me. You would think that it would at least be 50, but no, it's only 20 meg up. So uh, what symmetrical would be is I would get a gig by gig. Uh, with these provisions that they have right now that they're trying to pass would be 
if they if they require you to have 100 megabits per second up, then I would have one gig by 100 megabits per second, which I would be fine with. I still wouldn't be super. It, it's not great, but at least I'd have 100 megabits up, right? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And what's uh, what's your guys' internet like? Do you guys um, know? So I keep getting letters in the mail saying that I'm supposed to have like 200 down uh, and I think 10 up or something like that. Uh, I have 100 down, 10 up in the testing that I've done. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It, it's pretty pretty stable for the most part other than whenever it just randomly goes down in the middle of the night sometimes in the middle of the day um and my modem is from uh, seven years ago so you might need to yeah. upgrade your modem i can't oh why not because i lease it oh so can you call them and be like hey can i get a new modem i doubt it because I'm pretty sure it's the same modem that they've been given out for, well, you know, for at least seven years. Why don't you buy a new modem and then just give them the MAC address? Because then, if anything goes wrong, they're going to blame my modem. That's, that is true. Uh, moving back onto the story, it says, uh, AT&T has argued that monthly bills for fiber service would be too expensive for many rural customers. As and higher... AT&T can go fuck themselves because I know how much they're charging for rural service right now, and it's way too fucking much. Yes. Also, they they end up... So, so I don't know if this article talks about this fact, but right now, AT&T in most rural areas doesn't even run their own service. Yep. They, they contracted out to smaller providers uh, in this area. It's Frontier. And uh, that gets even more complicated and also like kind of bullshit because why is AT&T taking money from the FCC just so they can contract out the work to somebody else? Yeah. And it says as higher speed networks get deployed in rural areas, the current availability challenge could easily become an, uh, an affordability one. Well, here's the funny thing. If you roll out fiber and, and let's say 100 by 100 internet everywhere, you can also offer lower plans. So, like, you could say we have high-speed internet and we have broadband internet, which high-speed internet uh, is the phrase that they use when they're actually not broadband internet. Just in case you wanted, in case anybody listening didn't know, if they say it's high speed internet, that means that it's not actually fast enough to be qualified as broadband internet. So, yep. If oh, also I pay seventy five dollars a month for for the speed that I mentioned. I pay a hundred and ten for a gig yeah, by twenty. You got yeah, like yeah. twenty up is abysmal considering. I I think yeah, but... it's not great. Like um, you should be getting, you should be getting one gig, one hundred. Yeah, one by one hundred, maybe one by uh, gig by fifty, but like twenty up is, is bullshit. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're they're warning that you were gonna have higher monthly bills, but realistically, whenever they do any of this fear mongering, it's always because they're like, we just want to protect our profits. So, I hate telecoms. <laughs> 
to to be honest. They're all awful, and you you should never take anything that they say uh, at face value because they're always concerned about their profits and screwing over people. Because yes, a lot of other countries have way better internet. Japan, while yes, I understand Japan is a very small area compared to the massive amount of land we have in the United States, Japan has super fast internet everywhere. And uh, a lot of Europe has has really fast internet everywhere. Australia is really bad. Uh, it's way worse than the United States. Uh, well, to be fair, they're trapped on an island and the only way they can get anything out is via satellite or some shit. Yeah, they're they're... They also like took a bunch of money to. They're like, we're gonna invest in infrastructure, and then just fucked it all up. Like they fucked it all up in Australia. So, I understand Australia is not the best example, but there are lots of other countries that have way better average internet speeds because we still have people in the United States relying on the only thing they can get is dial-up or like ten meg satellite internet. And it's it's awful. So that's why I'm, even though I kind of hate Elon Musk, just the more I, the more I see and hear of from Elon Musk, the more I don't like him. However, Starlink it seems really neat because it should bring that internet service to the masses uh, with satellite internet, and you could get it pretty much everywhere as long as you have, you know, vision to a skyline, and that would be really cool. Um, they ended up comparing fiber to electricity. Uh, the Democrats did. It says with Democrats controlling the White House and both chambers of commerce, at least some members or Congress, sorry, not commerce, uh, at least some members of the party want to make real progress towards universal broadband that doesn't leave rural people uh, with worse service than ISPs are capable of providing. Uh, Clyburn compared the broadband deployment uh, to electricity basically in 2021 we should be able to bring high-speed internet to every family in america regardless of their zip code so and that was from amy klobuchar and i for once agree with amy klobuchar because yeah it shouldn't matter where you live you should be able to have good internet because without the internet right now i don't even care about you know listening to this podcast or or watching youtube videos but even being able to apply for jobs online like, how many jobs do you go into now and pick up a uh, like pick up an application and give them your resume? No, you, you can't email in them. a lot of cases. You yeah. literally can't. Yeah, and so you realistically just have to go and go online and look for jobs that way. And I am very happy that they are uh, pushing for this, and I hope that they don't you know screw up like they often do. I did also see something before uh, we started the podcast. It's not part of the stories I've listed, but uh, I mentioned that it's a $3 trillion plan, right, that they're trying to do for infrastructure, which the United States infrastructure, I think, gets a grade of like a C- minus or something like that. It used to be a D plus, so we've, we've upgraded to a C-. minus. And Biden is like $3 trillion. And one of the Republicans was like, all right, how about we meet in the middle at $600 billion for the infrastructure plan? <laughs> it's like, what? no, no, you idiot. Like, that's, that's not at the middle. 
Yeah. So it's uh they they always try to like we need our infrastructure needs like three trillion dollars. I think it's between it's three so, and five trillion dollars to upgrade our infrastructure. It's so ironic to me that the the Republican Party in general is is supposedly the the party of the people and all that good shit, but then they never want to invest in anything that would make the 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 layman's fucking life any better. Well, yeah, okay. So the in where I live. Uh, and anywhere east of me, I, I've said this before. If you look at a map of Oregon, turn on the uh, the satellite view where you can see like uh, the foliage and like trees and stuff, and you'll notice that on the left side of Oregon, on the west, the western part, it's like beautiful and and lush and green. And then as you go east, it just gets shittier and shittier. And uh, that's where all the Republicans live. So that's where they all vote for Republicans. And that's also where they have shittier internet. Like this would objectively help their constituents. People in places like Kentucky, in Louisiana, you know, in these, these kind of, admittingly kind of poorer states, it would help them get better internet service. And the the Democrats are trying to help them get better internet service, and the Republicans, the people that are voted for in places like Kentucky, uh, are fighting against it. And I wonder if that's because they're like, man, if they have better access to internet, they might actually like figure out that we're pieces of shit. <laughs> Which honestly might be part of it, but it's but it's honestly it's probably just their. Corporate donors like AT and T are telling them, "Hey, come on, come on. We don't want to rate. We don't want to give better internet. We just want to provide shitty internet and still make lots of money." Internet and hard to make better. It is. Don't it is. don't make me do that. Just let me pay you. All right. We have to we have to talk about this story, but I'm actually a little scared to talk about it. So I'm gonna let Aroa talk about it. Personal data for 533 million Facebook users leaks on the web. So, so uh, hey, if you've given Facebook any of your information, uh, turns out that it was leaked sometime prior to August 2019, and it's just kind of been floating around the internet. Uh, for a while now uh, it's been sold and passed about quite a bit um, thankfully for the most part uh, the only thing that should really be able to do anything bad for you is your phone number um, which why would why why'd you do that why'd you give Facebook your phone number you big old goof um, but yeah I mean it uh, I don't know all the details on the leak but facebook acknowledged it a while back and we're like yeah we um yeah we fixed it in august of 2019 um and then they didn't do anything else about it uh a lot of the outcry about this uh is kind of talking about the idea that like shouldn't companies be held a little more responsible for whenever they fuck up and let yeah. shit get out like this. 
Yes. Like, particularly whenever there's such a large company, like you, you've got you got half a billion people's information out there, uh, and like this is at least in the United States, this is a lot of data that would be relevant to uh, HIPAA, which is our, our health information yeah. laws. Um, this this would all be considered, I believe, uh, uh, PII, personally identifiable information. Yeah. Um, and like under HIPAA laws, you you've got a lot of responsibilities if shit like this comes out. But I guess no one's gonna no one's gonna hold Facebook accountable for that because this happened two years ago now, and no one's really done much. Thirty two million of the user, users that uh, were listed were from the United States, uh, 11 million from the UK, 6 million from India. Kind of really curious as to where the other, like, 500 million people are from. Uh, I would have thought more would be from the US, to be honest. Uh, does Facebook operate in China? I didn't think they did. I yes. I think so. I don't know why I don't think that. I just I feel like it was Because I, I thought yes. that was why Weibo was so... a thing over there. So I think for a while they didn't. And the reason I, 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 I know this is because I know for a while they did. And there was uh, my friend had a friend who was uh, a Chinese foreign exchange student. And they came here. I ended up being, comf- being uh, friends with them on Facebook. And then they disappeared for a long time uh, because china blocked facebook and i think that a while ago and you can look this up i think that a while ago they allowed facebook back in china but probably with some restrictions because i started seeing random updates from this person on facebook okay um uh, but but yeah. i i i have no idea maybe maybe probably <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would want to look that up before I, I say anything concrete, but I think it does. What were you saying? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, this is just another thing that's indicative of, like, why you should be really careful about putting your phone number and personal information in any kind of database, because it doesn't really matter how big they are, it has every opportunity to get leaked if you're not the one in control of the you know the the keys to the kingdom so to speak um there's some stuff in this twitter thread that's linked that shows like it's just this giant csv full of people's information uh looks like there was even a bot on telegram where you could run sql syntax uh commands through and uh, to be able to search for individuals yeah um so yeah that's uh that's something yeah. so i uh, i kind of want to see it and see if i'm in there because i'm probably in there oh you you are if you had a facebook account before august 2019 you're in there oh good goody 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 gumdrop so that sucks, and be careful with the information you give out. And also, uh, go and download all of the PlayStation games from uh, PS3 and Vita. Uh, and... 
I was I I did want to say one other just just slight thing. Uh, can companies stop requiring me to give them my phone number, please? Can, yeah, that'd can, be great. Can, yeah. yeah. Can you guys stop doing that? Because I really don't like using that as an authentication method uh, because of shit like this. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, just okay. use better two-factor authentication. Like, yeah. uh, I use Google Authenticator, which probably isn't the best to use, but that's the one I use. And yeah, it works pretty well. fairly standard TOTP. Back. Yeah. Like, it's fine. So... A uh, bunch of stuff is getting discontinued from PS3, from uh, Sony's ecosystem, and I hate when this happens. This is part of why we hate. This is part of why I hate like uh, anything without a disc drive, because at some point they're going to discontinue it, and then my, unless I already had the games downloaded, my old console is a brick. So, uh. Aroa, you posted the story, I believe. What all mm-hmm. services are losing? So are we losing? You will no longer be able to purchase new games on the PlayStation 3 come July 2nd, 2021. Uh, Vita games will no longer be available to purchase on August 27th. And PSP games will also no longer be available on July 2nd. Um, that's so pretty amazing. Will... That's pretty amazing. PSP is still up and running right now, though. I, it seems to me, with the fact that they're closing all three of these at the same time, uh, also just from my experience with recently dealing with the Vita in particular, um, it seems like it's probably that all of these services are running on some ancient infrastructure and the same infrastructure. And they're just looking to close down that that infrastructure. Yeah. Um, so he's like, hey, it should be nice if we didn't get hacked every winter. <laughs> and, and that might actually be part of it because uh, there there are some bits of functionality that just don't work very well uh, on the Vita store or the, the PS3 version of the store. Um, <laughs> and then obviously like the PSP is extremely limited in its capabilities just in general. So uh, I can't imagine that keeping the storefront compatible with all of that was very, uh, very good for, for Sony. Uh, Like, yeah, it it makes sense, you know, that they're doing this, but also it's really kind of shitty. I don't really understand why, like, why can't I make these purchases on a, on a website or yeah. on a uh, on a PS4 or PS5 system? Like I know that that would clutter up the store, but just add another thing that's like legacy games down at the at the very bottom of the list. Yeah, and let me buy stuff through that. But they're not doing that because that's more effort than I guess they want to put into it. So let's. Um, there's a list of features here that's all getting discontinued i just want to go through all of them i know i interrupted you a little bit but i'm I'm doing it so uh there is there's a lot of things that are discontinuing they've got the ps ps vita messaging service ps3 ps vita and psp playstation store this this is not all stuff that's getting discontinued this is a list of everything that's ever been discontinued oh okay 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 i see 
well, those are definitely two things that are getting discontinued. Uh, yeah, the PSV Vita messaging service is going away June of this year. Why? But I use that all the time to message <laughs> Oroa and only Oroa. Although messaging on PS Vita is going away, your messages will still be available to you by using the messaging service on PS5 consoles, PS4 consoles, and via mobile on the PlayStation app. Oh, okay, good, good. Uh, I um, also very recently terminated the PS4 PlayStation Communities feature, which I kind of understand why they got rid of that. I I was in one community on PS4, and it was just a shit-posting forum. So, um, so I so. I do want to go through this. It says here, uh, what features can I use after the closure? It says features you will still be able to access. You will still be able to read, download, and play previously purchased game titles. You will be able to uh, still be able to access previously purchased videos and media content. You will still be able to redeem game and PlayStation Plus vouchers, and you will still be able to re-download and play claimed game titles through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. Uh, features you will not be able to have access to you will no longer be able to purchase ps3 ps vita and psp digital content including games and video content you will no longer be able to make in-game purchases through the ps3 vita and psp and you will no longer be able to redeem psn wallet fund vouchers gift cards on ps3 ps vita psp uh, devices once the playstation store and purchase functionality for these devices close your PSN wallet funds will remain in your PSN account, but you will only be able to use your wallet funds to purchase PS4 and 5 products on PlayStation Store, on the web, PlayStation app, or on PS4 and PS5 consoles. So you can still download games that you purchased, which I think is, yeah. is good at least. That That is at least something. Um, but it's it i don't really i still don't really get why this is such a, a thing for them like i i can't imagine how this is really going to save them a lot of money but i guess it's going to somehow well and, uh, and not only that but you're still able to download the games like they're not turning the servers yeah, so completely off yeah, so like the, there's still going to be hard drives sitting out there spinning that they have to replace every once in a while. Like the web server's still got to sit out there. They're still going to have to patch it. So I, I can only assume that like there's going to be some legacy functionality that they're they're going to have like sitting on top of their current content distribution platform, and like that's going to be what allows this to work. Uh, but like their purchase stuff is not going to like it maybe that that's what they're trying to get rid of is is just being able to make monetary transactions using that old infrastructure i don't know why it would have been so hard to like oh maybe it has something to do with um because the the psp definitely but i think the vita even isn't compatible with TLS 1.2. Oh, that might do uh, it. So it might be that newer encryption algorithms aren't going to work, so they don't want anything money-related going over that. You know what I wouldn't be surprised at all was going on here is I wonder if these old consoles have 
like transaction based systems hard cooked into them. So it's like if you want to use the market, you have to use the I don't know PlayStation 1.0 transaction OS system, and you have to do it. Otherwise, it's not even going to let you. And now they're like, well, hold on, we have this gaping hole in our security system, and our old systems aren't really designed to work with anything but it. I wonder if this is a chance for them to, what's the word I'm looking for, decompile their current transaction systems while just keeping the functionality there. I, like, I wonder how much of this is like, we hard-coded this to work so that people couldn't find workarounds, and now that we need to work around it, we need to completely discontinue it all. Yeah, it, it it that would be pretty like par for the course with Sony to like build everything so that it works without thinking about the future. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do want to say this is the perfect opportunity to uh, say in a week when Aroa releases his "How to Hack a PlayStation 3" guide. <laughs> uh, uh, I, it honestly, is, it is pretty easy. Yeah, it is super easy, and honestly, if you if anybody has a PS3, just hack it. This is the time. Um, this is the perfect time I, to do it. Now, what what uh, it, it, seriously, what I would recommend is that if you have a, a a file server with a fuckload of space on it, you need to get a little app called No Pay Station. Uh, it's it's a website as well. Um, that's where you would get the the local app. Uh, you need to go on no pay station and download every fucking thing that you can because no pay station downloads from Sony's CDN servers. And who knows whether or not this is going to break anything with that. Like, I, I don't know. So like if there's any games for PS3, PSP or Vita that you don't have already, uh, no pay station is the easiest way to get it. And I would highly recommend getting it now as opposed to waiting and then having to download from some other website. There is one site that has every PS3 game ever released on disc, but they do not have digital-only games. Those are pretty hard to come by, honestly. And even No PayStation doesn't have every single game on the store. They're still missing a lot of keys for games, and that really sucks. Like, that's the biggest takeaway I have for this is that there are a ton of games that will never, like people will never be able to play now because uh, you won't be able to buy them. The the Simpsons arcade game got delisted. I remember I owned that game uh, when it came out, and they delisted it. But not only did they delist it, they took it off the store entirely, so you can't even re-download it. Do you think that this is why the Scott Pilgrim game ended up getting re-released? Yes. Uh, almost certainly, yeah. Yeah. Because it was just stuck on the PS3 store, and yeah. then Sony might have communicated out to its partners that, like, well, no, they didn't. They delisted it. That. that was that. Yeah. No, that was a follow up that I was going to. I, I forgot to post. They didn't tell anyone they were doing this. They just did it. Oh, yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Were, so I didn't read the details. Um. But the the gist was that uh, there were there are still Japanese developers that are making Vita games, and oh, now they they're anymore. just they're just fucked. They don't get to release those games. They're they're uh, I think they're mostly visual novels at this point. But like the Vita was actually surprisingly popular in Japan, 
and i know there were a couple of games that came out like just last year they're not very good but they're games and like those those dev studios have now sunk who knows how much money into something that they'll never get to sell and that's really shitty they'll have to talk to limited run games and see what they can work out uh so so i only have 4.54 terabytes do you think that's enough to hold a few playstation 3 games um as long as they're compressed the the main thing is going to be compressing them uh i i don't know for sure how large the ps3 library is because uh i've got like three ish three and a half terabytes i think free uh and i don't even have um i don't even have all of the uh ps2 games yeah like i looked it's to get all of the original xbox games which admittingly the original xbox has a pretty small library compared to like the ps2 and i think it was a a little over a terabyte for all that would make sense for all of the original xbox games so i can just imagine how big it would be for the ps3 which was which i assume had more games but also it was on blu-ray so the size of the games were probably just had more opportunity Right. I, I I will say of the PS3 games that I have downloaded, um, most of them are under eight gigs because they also released on Xbox 360. Oh, good. Uh, and they're actually a pretty surprising number of them that are like they, they would fit on a DVD, like a standard DVD. Like they but just they did not take advantage of that of that format at all. No. Well, let's move on. We we have two more stories to talk about, and uh, we're already like an hour in. So yep. Ubiquity, uh, another another fun hack that happened here. Uh, there was a Ubiquity breach. And if you don't know what Ubiquity is, they make kind of more prosumer slash business level products, like for small businesses. They're typically not something that you're going to use if you have a massive corporation, because at that point you're going with like Cisco. Uh, but with with Ubiquity, if you're in like a small business that's like 200 people, you could use their Wi-Fi uh, router or their Wi-Fi access points and, and their switches and stuff. And I haven't had any problems with them when I've used them. But apparently they have some issues, uh, like this giant data breach that Aurora brought up. Yeah. And so the the bad part is that Ubiquity is kind of downplaying it. Um, they're essentially saying that there's there's no evidence that customer information was accessed or targeted uh and but the whistleblower that spoke to uh Krebs on security um has said that uh they failed to keep records of which accounts were accessing the data in the first place uh and so since there these were essentially admin accounts that were that were were exploited or or otherwise accessed, um, they they could access anything they wanted, and Ubiquity just didn't keep logs of anything. That's so not there's no good. telling. Yeah, like the there's there's a fundamental breakdown of standard security practices here. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of fucked up. 
Um, and I, I like, did you, I thought you had a ubiquity router. I do. I have a ubiquity, uh, wireless access point. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of scary. Um, the idea that like, it, I don't, I, I've never used a, a ubiquity device, but I assume that they're like, um, the Cisco, uh, what's that called? Uh, Cisco has a product that I think was directly made to compete with it where, cause like, like, doesn't it have like a web interface yeah. and you you yeah. sign into an account and yeah. like you have like cloud-based, uh, administration of your, of your device. Yeah. You can see, yeah, you can see all of the devices on your network, um, that are assigned to that account basically. And you can like, if you, if one's down, it'll show that it's down and then you can like click it to try to restart it or you can like restart all of them like it's it's a pretty Meraki. nifty yeah it's a pretty nifty little system they've yeah. got set up yeah i i used a meraki at my at my last job and it was actually pretty impressive considering um it, and they they targeted small business with that uh it looks like um this is kind of uh this is kind of bad hurt yeah, it hurt Ubiquity initially, but actually it's it's recovered pretty pretty good. Oh, nope, April 1st it went back down again. So, uh it's kind of hurt them. Um let's see, it looks like uh the the leaker says that the attackers had accessed uh privileged credentials that were stored in the LastPass account of a Ubiquity IT employee, gained root administrator access to all Ubiquity AWS accounts, including all S3 data buckets, all application logs, all databases, all user database credentials, and secrets required to forge SSO single sign-on cookies. So basically the hackers could do whatever they wanted anywhere on the network. Um, and that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, so, yeah it is. Uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend at the very least changing your Ubiquity uh, router password. Not the yeah. not the one to get into your like like onto the the Wi-Fi, but the uh, that your your cloud account password. Personally, I wouldn't use a cloud-based router, but that's just well. It's, me. So it's it's not necessarily cloud-based. Uh, you install the program on your server and you run it from there. Mm. Uh, for the one for the one that I had, um, and. I've done a couple reformats and I haven't uh, logged into it for a while. So I should probably do that at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, so Ubiquity, don't don't buy their products for a while, probably. Uh, unless you find a really good deal, I guess. Uh, which they just might don't be. use the just don't use their cloud management. Yeah, bullshit. basically, I, I, I don't think I ever used their cloud management anyway. I used I installed all the stuff on my on my computer ran it that way. So it wasn't cloud based, it was just based in home. Um now our last story to talk about is it appears that we have Activision canceling certain reviews. No, uh it's, it's so DMCA strikes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Activision used DMCA to take down a website called VGC News's article on some unannounced uh, content for Call of Duty Warzone. 
essentially there's a new Warzone map coming out. Activision uh, hadn't publicly said anything about it, uh, but there was info available very publicly elsewhere. Uh, so VGC reported on that. And apparently Activision got pissed off. DMCA VGC, along with a ton of other media Twitter accounts, um, because they linked two stories uh, about this whole whole thing. Um, and this is not the first time that they've done it. They, they did it last year uh, whenever they were covering Black Ops Cold War leaks. Uh, literally the same thing. So, uh, not, not nothing like super remarkable, I guess. Uh, it's just Activision being shitty as always. Uh, very much reminds me of um, whenever Borderlands Two, I think it was, got leaked. Um, and like the or, or there was like details leaked about the game from a YouTube video that was unlisted. Like they they uploaded it to the official Borderlands YouTube channel. And then, like, they, they accidentally had it public for a minute, and then they made it unlisted, but somebody got the link to it and posted it on Reddit and Twitter and whatnot. And then they, like, sent private investigators to the dude's house to intimidate him. Like, it, it was something fucked up like that. Um, but yeah, just uh, more reason to hate Activision, as if you needed more well, reason for that. You know, you know, the funny thing this reminds me of is uh, the Hulk Hogan t- sex tape. There's a reason for that. Um, it was because Gawker uh, had oh, originally posted, right. had posted the tape. And then other sites, I don't know if they were trying to take them down or what, but other sites um, were, were reporting on it. And I think somebody tried suing them or, or something. And those... All those cases uh, or anything fell flat because they had the journalistic right to report on what had happened. So they were able to say, yeah, Gawker posted this shit, uh, and that was their journalistic right. But Gawker was the one that uh, ended up getting sued and getting in trouble for it. That's why. So it's not just, oh, uh, Hulk Hogan's penis. That's why That's why I remember it. Uh No. I've never watched it's okay, that Nathan. Tape. You can be honest with us. I've actually never watched the tape because that's not something I want to see. Um, uh, I don't want to. Oh see... yeah, brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. And it still makes me giggle that part of his defense, where he won a hundred million dollars, part of his defense was. No, 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 no. I don't have a 10-inch penis. Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis. <sighs> and yeah. I haven't seen the tape because wrestling isn't really my thing anyways. But if he's, if he's not in character the whole time, I'd be surely disappointed. <laughs> I, like, I, uh... I want the door to get kicked down and be like, are you guys ready for Hulkmania? And the lady's like, honey, it's it's 9.30. What, what are you talking about? Hulk's going to give it to you. <laughs> I don't I don't like that you did a a Macho Man impression there. I, I don't know who the <laughs> fuck They're the same character are. in my head, too. That's fine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, those, those are our stories for the day. Um, I, I want to thank Aroa and Cyberpunk Monk for being here. Yeah. Yep, no, yep, yep. 
And we will be back next week uh, to do some more more podcasty things. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.